You are listening to Fruit Salad, a series by Pastor Bay Allen on the fruit of the Spirit from Galatians. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. It is great to be with you today. Today, we're in the second week of our series called Fruit Salad. Uh, We're going to be spending some time looking at the delicious variety of spiritual soul food that we receive through the Holy Spirit and that we are to share with others in this great picnic of life. I encourage you to turn with me in your Bibles or an applicable app on your smartphones to Galatians chapter 5 starting with verse 22, in which we read, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So last week we started out in this series by looking at love. We talked about how there is great variety in the fruit of the Spirit, how at different times, you know, we experience different fruits uh, in different ways. We encounter different fruits at different times, just like seasons. Fruits have seasons, and when we're talking about fruit of the Spirit, we can also see some seasons. Now, today we are going to be looking at the season in which we find joy joy. I pray that you will find joy every day. That is my prayer for you, my hope for you. And as we dig into this fruit of the Spirit, I pray the Holy Spirit will guide you and direct you to experience joy in all circumstances, which is not only my prayer for you. The Apostle Paul speaks of this also in 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. I know his words may seem different. Paul says, be thankful, not joyful. Or does he? I mean, when do we experience joy in our lives? When? When babies are born, when we achieve something remarkable, when we are shown favor, perhaps, when we eat chocolate. How do we mark a time that is joyous in our lives? If you're curious about this, um, as many of us are, I am uh, well myself at times, may I suggest that you can look to a time where you can truly say that you are thankful, okay? If it's a time where you're thankful, God, thanks for allowing, uh, you know, the Pittsburgh Penguins to win the Stanley Cup, to bring it back to Pittsburgh. Uh, God, thank you for making me so awesome that little children all over the world say, I want to be that guy for Halloween, you know? What are the things that we give thanks for? What are the things that you give thanks for? Many could say where, where you attribute thanks, that thanks comes from a place where you experience great joy. Joy. Thanks. Joy in thanks. Giving thanks. Last week we held communion. We always hold communion on the first Sunday of the month during our worship service. And we see this concept of thanks and joy played out perfectly in the sacrament of Eucharist, of Holy Communion. Jesus is in the upper room with his best friends, with his disciples. The feet have already been washed. They're, they're all mysteriously seated on the same side of, the, of a two-sided table, if you remember a certain painting. There are other ones, though, where it looks more like community, where they are around the table with one another. 
And then Jesus took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. That's from Luke twenty-two nineteen. Now, the key word from that text is when he had given thanks. Thanks. The Greek word here that is used is a Eucharistio which is why we call this sacrament the Eucharist. Interesting thing to know about this word. This word has the root word charis, which means grace, but it also has the derivative kara, which means joy. A complex word. This word is the same word Paul uses in 1 Thessalonians when he instructs us to give thanks in all circumstances. In other words, experience the grace and joy in all circumstances. Grace and joy. Jesus had this. Here he was on the night in which he was to give himself up for the salvation of the world, and he gave thanks. He experienced the grace and joy instead of being dragged down into the depth of despair by the weight of what lay ahead. Ahead, in grace, Jesus looked to the future joy. It tells us in Hebrews chapter 12, Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. In the upper room, Jesus looked to the future joy. This doesn't say the joy of the cross in Hebrews. It says for the joy that was set before him. The joy that would come in the future. The joy that was yet to be experienced. He endured the cross for that. He entered into that future joy. Perhaps you're at a crossroads in your life right now. You're at a place where it's not so much an intersection of roads, not that kind of crossroads, more the kind of crossroads where you are bearing the weight of your cross as you walk this road that feels like you very well may be leading, you may be going to your own crucifixion, if that's you this morning. I'm sorry. If this isn't you, God bless you. God, God's blessing you that you don't experience that today. But in your blessing, please don't belittle or forget about those who are going through that daily struggle of carrying their cross forward, the struggle of wondering what's the point, or thinking that nothing good is ever going to happen, not to me. It could never happen to me. Because this struggle is real. This crossroads is real. This crosswalk, it, it kind of hits you like a cross check in hockey. It, it, it's pretty easy to get knocked off your feet sometimes. Is that you this morning? In those moments, perhaps in these moments, how are you at experiencing Eucharistia? At finding the grace of for the present struggle so that you can rest in the joy that is coming in the future. It's hard, isn't it? It's hard sometimes. But this is what Jesus showed in the upper room. 
My son, I have a son, Gavin, he's almost two, and he loves fruit. He loves it. If I'm sitting there eating some strawberries, I'll look down at my plate and realize that a strawberry is missing. I didn't eat it. Where did it go? I'll give you one guess where it went. I look at my son. His mouth is chew-chewing. He, he grins a little bit of strawberry juice on the corners of his mouth. Now, this fruit of the Spirit, joy, sometimes our circumstances can sneak up like a ninja, take away our fruit, our our joy, without us even noticing. We look down, all of a sudden there's no more joy on our plate. Our circumstances are all that we see right there, eating our joy, chewing it up, grinning at us. Don't allow your circumstances to devour your joy. I'm going to say that again. Don't allow your circumstances to devour your joy. And I know that's hard for us to hear because it it seems that perhaps we have no control over this even happening. I know that feeling. Look to the joy that is before you, that which lays ahead. Theologian uh, Richard Rohr says, Joy is both a decision and a surrender. Eventually, we stop being preoccupied with creating a fault-free environment that will ensure our own happiness, and we discover that joy is more like falling into an objective presence, a larger body, love itself, a, a unified field that many of us would call God. You do not create love, you fall into it. You do not attain God, you fall into God. You do not manufacture joy, you collapse into it when you give up trying to make it happen. What freedom when we no longer have to wait for ourselves to be happy. There is no waiting, only receiving. This feast of the body of Christ, and he's talking about Eucharist here, is also a promise of joy. And quite daringly, in a quite physical encounter of union, table fellowship, and close intimacy... I am telling you this so that my own joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. There he quoted John 15, 11. Richard Rohr shares a wonderful perspective. This is the joy that we have in Christ. This is what such a fruit of the Spirit looks like. This is joy. All circumstances. Write it on a piece of paper. Hang it over your desk. All circumstances. When you see it, realize this is not so much finding joy in the moments where we can give thanks for how awesome things are going right now, but for the moments that we can give thanks for how awesome God is, even if things are are really unpleasant for us right now. To be able to find joy in all circumstances, to give thanks in all circumstances. This is what the Apostle Paul taught, and this is what Jesus Christ lived and led by his example. I pray that you can do the same. I pray that I can do the same. I want that joy. I don't want circumstance ninjas stealing the joy that I am given from the Holy Spirit, by the Holy Spirit. Remember last week I mentioned that it could be interpreted that we are the fruit of the Spirit. Don't allow your circumstances to steal your fruit, to keep you from reaching others as the fruit that you are intended to be. Let's face it, we live in community. We know what's going on with each other. We know the trials, the tribulations, the flaws, just as much, probably more, than we know the good things that are going on in each other's lives, right? We see how we respond to these trials. We pay attention. 
Don't kick the cat. I know it sounds funny. Don't kick the cat. The other day, my son Gavin went over to our cat who was sleeping in front of the back door and he kicked her. She didn't like it very much. It's a pretty lousy way to wake up, right? Kick. I told him, no, 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 we don't kick kitty. Love kitty. Gentle. <laughs> Later on, I saw my wife, Mary, going out the back door, and there was the cat sleeping once again, and Mary pushed the cat aside with her foot. It clicked. That's why Gavin kicked the cat. He thought that was how you were supposed to react to the cat sleeping in front of the back door. Granted, Mary didn't kick the cat. She pushed the cat. But Gavin's not even two yet. He doesn't know the difference. He's young. As a community, young and old, we pay attention to how we respond to situations. If we allow our situation to steal our joy, if we're not responding with grace or with the hope of that future joy even, how do you think others will respond when they have a similar experience, a similar trial, difficulty in their lives. Kick the cat, right? It's the normal response to the situation. Don't kick the cat. If we focus on giving thanks, even in the midst of difficulty, even on our crossroads, that is joy. If you don't have joy right now, live into that future joy. Find your happy place. <laughs> what joy? You're saying, what joy? You are a redeemed child of God. Your sins have been taken away for all eternity. You are an heir to the kingdom in Christ. You will be reunited with your God, with your Creator. This is joy. This is what the psalmist meant when they wrote, There I will go to the altar of God, to God, the source of all my joy. I will praise you with my harp, O God, my God. Look at those words, the source of all my joy. The source of all my joy isn't the situation I currently find myself in, whether good or bad. The source of all my joy is God. <laughs> and I know this sounds like a Sunday school answer, but this is Sunday, so let's go to school. The source of all of our joy is God. God, the same yesterday, today, forever. This should be our source, not our situations, here today, gone tomorrow. Not even our loved ones, as awesome as they are. You know, the scriptures say people are like grass. Their beauty is like a flower in the field. The grass withers and the flower fades. That's Peter. We're in James when it tells us you are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. The Sunday school answer still holds true. The source of all our joy should be God. Don't let these circumstances, these things, these other people take the place of God in your life. Don't do it. Bad times. I want to talk about that for a second. We're not going to linger on it because I don't want you to linger in the moment when you're experiencing bad times. If life is throwing you lemons, make some lemonade, right? That's what they say. Our joy is not about the situations that we face, but how we choose to face those situations. 
Again, our joy is not about the situations that we face, but how we choose to face those situations. I'm talking about the crossroads, friends. The roads that no one wants to travel. The ones that, if given the choice, you'd say, no, I'm not going to go down this road today. You don't always get to choose the things that you experience in life, but you get to choose how you will experience those things. Choose joy, even in the bad times. Jesus Christ showed us that we can experience joy. The psalmist wrote, Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes with the morning. Even in the bad times on the crossroads, we can know this fruit of the Spirit. It's our God-given fruit. Perhaps for you, life is good, life is gravy. You haven't experienced much, much difficulty in your life. You're on top of the world, and little children all over the place say they want to be you for Halloween, or they want to be you when they grow up. Perhaps all you've known are good times. That's great. You are so blessed. Give thanks. But remember, even that joy still comes from God. I've had conversations with many atheists over the years. Uh, One of my good friends, you know, they say they don't believe in God. They've read their Bible in its entirety. Uh, Many Christians are even yet to do that. And I bring this up because it's pretty hard for someone who denies God to acknowledge that the good they experience comes from God when it's always good. Because they just focus on the good. They have an extra O in their God. It's the good times. Who needs God? It's good. It's good. God, no, this is, this is hard work. This is determination. This is extra shifts. This is where there's a will, there's a way. I pray for you this morning, this sinks in. If you're experiencing good times in life, that's all good. That's a blessing from God. But there are people all over this planet who have put in the hard work, the determination, all of that, and they have nothing to show for it. There was this guy living on the street begging for money to feed his kids. He used to bring in six digits. He owned his own company, and then boom, it crashed. As we spend time talking about joy this morning, we can't forget about the crossroads, about the hard times. In the good times, let's not allow the good things we experience in life to be our source of joy either we when we do that what happens once our good times disappear what happens no joy it's gone the sunday school answer is still the best answer it's the one for me there are times when i forget it i sometimes forget it circumstance ninjas come in to eat my strawberries they're they're beating me up with a red juicy grin Let's not dwell in the shadow. That's why the 23rd Psalm says we are passing through. We're looking to that future hope, that future joy. Let's not give the blessing more focus than the one who blesses. I want to give God my worship. I want to give God my praise, God my adoration. I want to give thanks to God and offer my body as a living sacrifice to him, as a sacrifice for my friends. Let's not kick the cat. Or others may come to think that that is how we, as Christ's followers, are to respond. Don't kick the cat. Don't allow your circumstance to own you. Experience joy.
Eucharistio, grace and joy, that which is yet to come because of Jesus Christ who came for you. Richard Rohr, remember, you do not create love, you fall into it. You do not attain God, you fall into God. You do not manufacture joy, you collapse into it when you give up trying to make it happen. May you find the joy of Christ in all of life's circumstances. May you give thanks and rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Our joy is not found in the temporary things, but in the infinite and everlasting God. Isaiah chapter 40, 31 says, But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. That is the joy of the Lord. Let the joy of the Lord be your strength. The sorrow may last for a night, but joy comes in the morning. When Jesus Christ was crucified, the sun was swallowed up in darkness. When five women walked together in sorrow to the tomb of Jesus Christ on that first Easter morning, we saw it. Joy comes in the morning. The sun rises again. It can't rain all the time. The fruit of the Spirit. There are different flavors, one for every situation that you could possibly imagine. Last week we looked at love. This week, joy. Next week, we're going to spend some time with a fruit called peace. I hope you'll join us. Would you pray with me? Dear God, we just thank you for the way that you allow us to experience joy, even in the midst of, of the trial. You give us that future joy to look to, even when right now we have questions, we have doubt. Father, I pray that you will guide us and direct us that you will search us and inspect us, that you'll provide for us and project us into that future joy that you have prepared for us. The future joy that we have in you, that rests in you. Allow us to have this joy in our lives and allow us to share this joy with others so that they too may understand what that word means in such a questioning world. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.